Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team, Joe DeLeon, Ryan Roberts. Today we're going to be doing our defensive tackle scouting report episode for two of the top defensive tackles in the class. We're talking about Jerjon Newton from Illinois. We're talking about McKinley Jackson from Texas A&M. Ryan, I want to start us off with Jerjon Newton. I think yes. this is the obvious low-hanging fruit in the defensive tackle class. And as eventually when we do our defensive tackle ranking show, I think that it's going to be one of the, what's the word I'm looking for? There's going to be a very wide array of possibilities of where certain people rank certain prospects. Can you can that. have guys yeah. guys like McKinley Jackson at number two. Uh, there's guys like Chris Jenkins that are really good in this class. Keith Randolph is somebody that we loved during this, this preseason process. And then there's Leonard Taylor, who I think that is going to be a really clear indication of who actually watched him and who didn't watch him. <laughs> but there's just... So many different options here, it feels like, in this defensive tackle class after we get past Newton. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Joe, I mean, I'll put it this way, man. I'm not even full, like fully certain because, I mean, full transparency, I think Jerzon Newton is going to be my defensive tackle one, my interior defensive line one, but I'm not so sure that some NFL teams might see it that way because we'll talk about yeah. it. But, like, there's size profile stuff that we're going to have to work through with the Jerzon Newton a little bit and maybe a little bit of – scheme and role specificity if that is a word right like he's there to a very specific role so i think that there's going to be a little bit of an interesting conversation i overall kind of like the interior defensive line class in the sense of like i think there's quality to it i don't know if quantity is necessarily the name of the game but we're talking about a couple of the guys today that are going to be good nfl players you know in, in whatever capacity they end up being whether it's a long-term starter plus starter i mean we'll talk about the the, traje- the projections there for both guys, but I think it's a pretty quality interior defensive line class. No guy yeah. that I look at and say like, that is a top 10 lock, great football player. But I think there's a bunch of just good football players in this class, which is, I mean, the depth is good. I think basically. Yeah. Jerjon Newton, who we went deep on during the preseason yep. is a very unique player because of his physical profile listed at six foot two, two ninety five. Uh, also known as Johnny Newton, um, hey. super compact. And I think that like, to your point, that might lead some NFL teams to be like, ah, I don't know if I really like this, you know, this smaller guy. I will say this much before we kind of like really break down his game. Yep. Newton is the guy that I think a lot of people wanted Kalijah Cansey to be. And I, I was one of those people that liked Kalijah Cansey and I had him as a top rated defensive tackle in the class. And his rookie season was a little bit hit or miss. Uh, wasn't great, but Sh- shocking that Kalijah Kansi's not going against the run in the NFL. Jerjon Newton though is of a similar height profile, but yep. is much more well-rounded and can impact the game as a run defender and also as a pass rusher. Very interesting body type, right? Because we had in the preseason for the Blesto, who you know, they do the rankings and everything, but. What I really look for from Blesto and NFS is the official measurements. And Johnny Newton, Jerzon Newton at that point was listed at six foot one and three eighths and 300 pounds. So compact is a good way to put it, man. He is a 
He's a fridge. I mean, he is a very interesting <laughs> body type. I compared him in the preseason. I still love this comparison. He reminds me a lot of Jarrell Casey that came out of USC and played with the Tennessee Titans and was a really good defensive tackle in his in his career. But he is a little bit of he's a, he's an outlier of sorts, right? Like there's some NFL yeah. teams that are going to look at him and they're just going to be like, you know, sub six two, shorter arms, kind of a, a little bit of a scheme specific player. Maybe not our cup of tea. Like some three, four teams, for instance, some team that run a lot of three man fronts, they're, they're not going to love Drazan Newton. No. They're just not going to love no. him. But for teams that run a four man front and they want to try to find an impact three technique who's incredibly slippery and can kind of work through gaps, well, I think that Drazan Newton has a really nice, um, really nice upside to that. Craziest trait that he has, in my opinion, Joe, and I would love to talk about this. For a guy that's six foot one, three eighths, and 300 pounds, you don't really think flexibility would be a thing that would like kind of come to the table, but he not only is he slippery, I see him turn corners at times where I'm just like, that's different, right? Like you just don't mm. see guys that are able to kind of turn corners and be able to, you know, just kind of cut on a dime and change direction as well as a guy that he does for a player, his size, kind of a rare quality to him. Now there, again, there is some, deficiencies to his game which we'll talk about a little bit but the flexibility for a player of his style and his size is very unique and very different which I really like a lot I think I said this during the offseason I honestly believe that if Newton was like 6'4 6'5 we'd be talking like if he was this he if he's the same size as Jalen Carter he's getting drafted as highly as Jalen Carter like there, there are Physical capabilities. If we if we yeah. stretched him out, he would be as physically dominant. So I, I agree on the flexibility thing. Yep. What makes him so good, though, and, and this goes in line with your point, like he he's very specific to a four three scheme. There's not a single spot on a three four scheme that he can play. And maybe we can get him to trim down. He could be a stand up rusher. Obviously, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but if we're if we're pigeonholing him to a four three scheme, not a lot of teams are going to be in on him, which means he could slide to the back end of the first round. He could slide out of the first round because him lacking that scheme versatility. Sure. But what makes him so dangerous, though, is you're talking about the flexibility is great. I love about him is how low to the ground he is and the power that he brings to the position. That's why I don't want to stretch him out, and I don't even want to consider him being a bigger football player because he knows how to play to his size limitations. He plays so low that all these guys can't get underneath him. It's a little bit of the Aaron Donald uh, type of skill set where because he's so low, he's so powerful, his leg drive is so good, his hands are so active, he is very hard to keep up with. There are not a lot of offensive linemen that are going to be able to get underneath him and actually drive him off the ball. So at the very least, whenever Newton loses a rep, it's just him stalemating at the line of scrimmage. And that's yeah. where I really, truly see his impact being that, you know, three tech and a four, three scheme. So I just looked up Jarrell Casey's measurements when he was coming out of USC, Joe, this is my comp. He was six foot and six eighths. So right around six foot one, just sub six foot one, 300 pounds and 32 inch arms. That was Jarrell Casey. I think that's like almost a mirror. Now, obviously, Jerzon Newton's a little bit taller than about a half an inch taller than what Jarrell Casey was. But body type wise, very yeah. similar. And I think that they win in a very similar capacity as well in terms of Jerzon is a guy that first step explosiveness is good. 
Quickness is very good. Flexibility is great and fantastic. He is a type of guy that can give you a pass rush upside on the interior, which is very valuable in today's game. But more than anything, if you are a attack-style defensive system for where you're going to slant defensive tackles a lot, you're going to one-gap them a lot, you're not going to work at the point of attack a ton, he's great. Like He is going to be able to do that stuff. He's going to split some gaps. He's going to have some tackle for loss numbers. He's going to have some pressures from a quarterback perspective, being able to get into their face. And he is a little bit overwhelming at times. For a guy that is only six foot one and 3 eighths, 300 pounds, there's going to be some offensive linemen that are going to look at him and just kind of think that he's just kind of a, a Tonka toy a little bit. And then he's going to get into your chest and it's going to be like, oh, he's got a little pop in his hands, right? Like he's got a little bit of lower body explosiveness. So I agree that he has a decent power profile. Now, the the negative, those are all the negatives, right? High upside, interior pass rusher, penetrator, one gap player. The negatives though are not great length. And there's just going to be some deficiencies as far as holding the point of attack because he's going to get out leveraged at times in the run game, especially when he's working against double teams. It's it's going to happen to him. It's just a size thing. Same thing with Kalijah Kansi last year. Like Kalijah Kansi, powerful kid in a vacuum, but also you're still small at the end of the day. You're still not a massive defensive tackle. So working at the point of attack, the anchor is not going to be efficient all the time. So there's going to be some times where Drazon gets moved to a gap. There's going to be some times where he just gets gives a little bit too much off the ball and kind of get you know gives up a little bit of just that physicality at the point of attack. You have to be okay with that. Ultimately, a defensive corner has to look at him and say that's not his game. I'm not going to put him in a system where he's going to have to two gap a ton. I am going to utilize his athleticism, his quickness, and if you can, I think again we're talking about a Jarrell Casey type of player here because Jarrell Casey, for people that don't remember made multiple Pro Bowls, was a very good player for the Tennessee Titans for several years. Was he ever the best defensive tackle in the NFL? No, probably not at any point. But he was always top five, top seven, like a very good defensive tackle in the NFL. And that's what I think Drazon Newton's going to be. He's going to be a five to seven sack a year guy, double-digit tackle for loss guy, and be a guy that is just, he he's, creates a little bit of havoc and chaos. That's what I think he is on the next level. Which, in today's game, that's predicated on passing, getting the ball out of your hands. Interior pass rush is more important than it ever has mm-hmm. been in NFL history. And I think that Jerzy Newton certainly plays into that style of today's game. Yeah, just to round out that thought, I, I think it's pretty likely he ends up being a first-round pick. I also think that he's in a separate tier compared to the rest of the, the defensive tackles. I understand what you're saying, that some teams – might be more attracted to other players. I mean, even his teammate, Keith Randolph, who is built fits, to play the profile. Schemes, yep. He's able to play multiple schemes because he's taller and longer and, and yep. not as productive, but still a really good defensive tackle. Yep. He could get the nod over him, and I wouldn't be shocked if that if that ends up happening. But at the end of the day, this is the most disruptive defensive tackle. And I, I yep. again I not a lot of my thoughts have changed at all on him since the offseason that the disruption aspect is always the most paramount thing that I look for in a defensive tackle. You can check every box and have every single trait, but if you're constantly causing problems on a snap-to-snap basis for offensive linemen, you're getting off of blocks easily, you're finding the football, you're leading to muck being created at the line of scrimmage. Sure, The disruption is so important for me, and I think that Jurjan Newton does that just so consistently that I have to give him that extra nod to say this is going to be a first-round pick. 
So I think he is also going to be a first round pick. I had him in the top 30. I think I had him like going like 27 overall, 28 overall, somewhere in that ballpark, right? Joe, I think this is where I stand on Jerzon. I would love to hear if you agree or disagree with this. So for me, Jerzon Newton's probably going to grade out as a top 15 overall player in this class. Oh, I, you're higher on him than me. Wow. So in this class particular. I gave him a top, I gave him a top 25. Oh, you're saying not in a vacuum. grade is not, not in a vacuum. It, okay, yeah. I understand. So he's a he's a top in a vacuum. He's better than a top fifty player, probably slightly behind a top twenty five player. But in this in this particular draft class, when I stack up a big board, I think regardless of positional value, I think he's a top fifteen overall player in the twenty twenty four NFL draft. Now that being said, I don't think he ends up going top fifteen. I think he's going to go a little bit later because. There is some some scheme specific specificness yeah. to him. There are going to be some, co- and this is the bad part of the NFL, is that there are some defensive coordinator who are just so so close minded to what they like that they'll never even give a Jerzon Newton a chance. They'll just look at him and be like, "That guy doesn't fit. Don't care. Move on. Take him off the board." That's that is the reality of NFL teams sometimes, yeah. which is very frustrating. But that is the world that we live in, right? Which is fine because I ultimately I would rather him land with a team that knows how to use him than to be pigeonholed in a team that doesn't know how to use him and they waste right. his talent, obviously. So I think he's gonna go a little bit later than top fifteen, but I think overall on when the big board comes out, I think he'll probably end up being a top fifteen overall player for me in the twenty twenty four NFL draft. So I, I have like a running big board that I do yep. and I, I've actually watched a lot more prospects to this point at the end of December than I did last year. I think I only was like through like 10 guys at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This year I'm, I'm already past 50. So like I'm already nice. kind of blown through these. So my, my top 25 is built out except, and I told you this the other day, I hate watching quarterbacks. So I have <laughs> deliberately avoided watching um, most of the top quarterbacks. The only one that I've gotten to is Drake may. It's the only guy that I've watched you like Drake? so long to, Yeah, I like Drake May, which we'll 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 do him eventually. We'll do him eventually. But as it currently stands, with the with the likelihood that two more guys in Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels are added to this list, he'll probably finish as a top twenty at the bare minimum. Assuming that there aren't just or not assuming if it happens that there's a bunch of random unexpected ads into my top twenty five, he'll at least be a a top twenty five prospect. I want to throw this out to you though uh, before we transition to McKinley Jackson. Yes. How likely do you think it is that we're going to have people that try to say that he can play nose tackle? How, how likely do you think that oh, that's going to be? It's, it's going to be prevalent, I think, because they're just going to look at the body type and be like, that's a nose tackle. And it's just going to be like, nope, not a nose tackle at all. Like, he's not. His, his movement skills are the – and he can't play the point of attack it's that like well. Keanu Benton. I mean, Same thing happened with Keanu Benton last year, and they're very different players. But I remember that – that yes. was really frustrating last year. It was like, well, oh my God. He's that, that, was, that was Wisconsin's fault though, man. Wisconsin was like, I'm going to play Keanu Benton and nose and just fool everybody and make everyone think that he's a very average athlete. And it's just like, hey, he's a very good athlete. And then he went to the combine and he was dominant. And he was at the senior bowl as well. And he was winning pass rush reps, rep after rep. And it was just like, yep, he's a lot better than what you guys think he is. Let me ask you a question before we move on. Okay. okay. Last question. Better draft prospect, Jerzon Newton or Kalijah Kansi? Oh, I just said that at the beginning. Jerzon Newton, to without a sure, doubt. Man. You were a big Kalijah Kansi guy last year, man. You love that guy. I was, I was in on him early, and then as the 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 process played out, I, I cooled a little bit, but I still thought he was a top fifty player, and I sure. was fine with where he was picked. I think that there is recovery for Kalijah Kansi. He just still has to 
provide more of an impact against the run. I, I'm not worried about that at all with Jerjon Newton. I, no, not to know, that I never, degree. Not to that degree. Because Kalijah Kansi was light in the butt too, man. Like he just had a weird frame and everything. So it sounds like Kalijah Kansi is probably your uh, – it was your Leonard Taylor of this year – of last year, right? Where like you – because you really oh like Leonard Taylor too. And well, then you no, fallen no, no, off no, no. that. <laughs> well, off that there, there is there is a huge, 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 huge difference between mm-hmm. um, – my fall off with Kalijah can't see my fall off, fall off with Leonard Taylor because Leonard Taylor, I'm just going to be blunt, sucks. Leonard Taylor is not a good prospect. I did not like – I loved him in the summer. <laughs> I said that this is a first-round pick. Dude, he he looked like he had a bad weight, and he gave a half-ass effort so frequently when I was watching him, and I was just so disappointed. So uh, I have a top 200 grade on him right now. Oh, wow. Oh, so you are, you're out. out. You're out. <laughs> I love that, man. That's yes. funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm very yeah. out on him. All right. Let's talk I, about I, Keely yeah, Jackson. Man. I remember watching him and I was just like, dude, like I just just doesn't play hard, man. Like, what do you want me to do at the end of the day? He just doesn't play hard. Oh, he got worse. He got <laughs> worse. I at least, okay, he's he's giving not giving full effort, but when he gives a full effort, he's really freaking good. Sure. He decided, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to give any effort at all on any of these plays, so I look like a dumbass. So, yeah, we're done with Leonard Taylor. I'm not talking. If anyone, if I go on any shows and they ask me about Leonard Taylor, I'm just going to say uh, I'm abstaining from talking about him. Not a good prospect. He's, he's very overrated. His effort's terrible. I'm not uh, talking about that's um, hilarious. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to bet online today and use promo code believe that's B L E A V for 50% off your first deposit. That is a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. McKinley Jackson. Yep. Six foot two, 235 from Texas A&M. Height and length similar to Jerjon Newton. Play style so- usage completely different. Can I say we had a official me- – here's a crazy one, Joe. You ready for this? Blessed. I don't know if you saw him on the Blesto list in the preseason. I'm not sure if you saw it. McKinley Jackson, 6'1 Highly and 5. Ranked. He was 6'1 and 5'8", 320 pounds, which, okay, looks like it on film. He had a first-round Blesto grade this past summer. He had a first-round Blesto grade, man, like a mid- middle, I, I middle first-round grade. Middle first-round grade on McKinley Jackson, so – some people like him a lot, man. Some people like him a whole lot. I really like him. Do you have any background on him before we dive in on him? Man, he's a Texas A&M kid. He was a high-star recruit who got a lot of money to go to Texas A&M. <laughs> he's been playing for four right. years. <laughs> Here's my thing with him. Yep. Very similar physical profile to George Newton, as I said. Nowhere near a similar style of player. You're not going to get that same level of pass rush upside from a McKinley Jackson as you would yep. from Georgia Newton, which is why I said that they're in a completely different tier. Sure. Here's the big thing that I love with him. Not only is he powerful, low to the ground, he's physical. I remember reading uh, a, a, this, this book that was about Ed Orgeron's time when he was the head coach at Old Miss. And it, and it okay. talked about his whole background being a defensive line coach and, mm-hmm. and finding Warren Sapp and, and all of these guys, 
that turned out to be really good NFL players. There was another guy at USC, and I'm blanking on his name. That was like what, a what, huge during what time period? During what time period? When he was at when Orgeron was at USC, when Pete Carroll was there, and if I was remember, wasn't Jarrell Casey? I don't know if I don't know if it was Jarrell Casey. It was a kid that was gonna they thought was gonna go to Notre Dame, and he ended up going to Notre, uh, to USC. Okay, it's gonna bug the hell out of me. But uh-huh. he was a smaller, compact guy. And what Orjan was talking about in this book was very focused on recruiting. And he was saying, what I look for in defensive tackles is their first step. I can have a guy that can do anything else well, but if his first step is elite and he's the first guy off the ball, he is put in a completely different category. Mm -hmm. That was the case here for McKinley Jackson. Is he the most physically gifted of the group? Not particularly, but his first step is so good. It's the only guy so far that I've watched and I've watched in the, the two years that I've been evaluating prospects as a draft evaluator that I have really noticed how quickly he comes off the ball. It is really fantastic how fast he is off the ball and how much of a jump he gets on these offensive linemen, which is why I'm pretty high on him uh, for this 2024 class. Yeah, you know how I am, Joe. So you started talking about that little bit of a defensive tackle and now I'm like busting my butt to try to figure – was it – no, wasn't – Mike Patterson? Is it Mike Patterson? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Okay. I'm gonna look it up. Keep, right. keep, keep go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. So McKinley Jackson, like you said, six foot one, five ace, three hundred twenty pounds. Kid is dense, man. Like he is put together. I agree. Plus first step, explosive in short areas. Not the change of direction player that Jerzon Newton is, for instance, right? So I don't think he has high upside as far as a true pass rusher type. But what I think he can be is he can be a nose one tech in either front. Mm-hmm. So whether you're a 3-4 team, whether you're a 4-3 base team, whatever. This Sean Cody. Sean Cody. Oh, I remember Sean Cody. He was a good player, man. Uh, he, had, he wasn't smaller, but he's still. They had Sean and Dan Cody on that team, I believe, USC. So they had a couple Cody's. But they thought he was going to go to Notre Dame, and then they ended, okay. up, uh, they ended up flipping him. Gotcha. Yeah, but McKinley Jackson, physical, explosive, low center of gravity. He is a prototype nose in today's game. One tech as well. He's not going to give you a lot of sack production, but he's going to give you a decent amount of tackle for loss production. He's going to be able to split a gap occasionally, but he's going to more than anything. He is going to create offensive line issues on double teams because you said something perfectly. He's explosive and he's going to get to a spot faster than some offensive linemen at times, which is going to cause a lot of miscommunication, which is going to cause a lot of chaos in the backfield Mm. a ton. So I don't think the impact as a all de- every down player is as much as what Jerzon Newton is in comparison, but what he does as far as McKinley Jackson being a run defender, a guy that can be physical, a guy that can be explosive, a guy that can really create havoc for opposing offensive linemen, I think he is a run game asset on the next level. He's a different different body type, and I'm not saying that he's quite going to be to this level, but he gives me like a Dexter Lawrence vibe as far as like Dexter Lawrence just patrols the run game, man. Doesn't get crazy sack numbers because he takes up a lot of double teams and does a lot of the dirty work inside. And I think that McKinley Jackson is going to be kind of the same type of player, but obviously he's not 6'4", 340 like Dexter Lawrence is. This is a 6'1", and 5'8", so 6'2", 320 pound guy that is just going to clog up running lanes, be incredibly impactful at the point of attack because he's low center of gravity, powerful and explosive in short areas. Yeah, you hit the you hit the nail on the head there where one tech knows space eater just a 
what's the word that you used last cycle that I love? Is it shit brick house or brick uh, shit house? Brick shit house, word? ass kicker. Brick shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just he is the bouncer yep. that is going to determine who who gets past him to get to the second level, and he's just a, a, a prototype of like what you want he, for a space clogger. He is a linebacker's best friend, is what yes. McKinley Jackson is, because he's the guy. That wow, why was that linebacker unblocked working to B gap? It's because he just took up because your nose just took up two blockers because he was just so quick off the football, right? And the double team did not work. He is a linebacker's best friend. He's a second level defender's best friend all the time. My thing with him, I have a top fifty grade on him. My projection, I had in my mock draft. If if you remember, we talked about this a little bit. He to me is a luxury pick. He to me is a a, a guy who a team is like okay, we've got a lot of other boxes checked and we just need an auxiliary defensive tackle that is going to boost the profile of the group because we feel confident in our edge rushers. We feel confident in maybe the depth that we have at the position and we want a premier guy that takes up space. He is somebody, I think it reminds me of Mozzie Smith last year where (laughs) Mozzie Smith Shouldn't have gone where he did, and I, I think that McKinley Jackson well, is McKinley the example Jackson's of a, guy a much that better whoosh. player. He's a much better that, player than I'm Smith. At. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. Is that I would much rather invest in McKinley Jackson than I would have Mozzie Smith. And they reached on Mozzie Smith because they felt secure about other positions. They missed out on other opportunities. And they're like, you know what? We like this kid in the second round. Let's just take him. That's my, you know, thought on probably what happened in that war room. And I think that that's going to happen with McKinley Jackson. But teams will feel a lot more confident in that decision because again i believe that he's a much better player and he just provides yeah. a lot of value for a team like the i think i had him no it wasn't to the ravens but like i could see him on a team like the ravens the 49ers one of these teams in the yeah. back end of the first round yeah I, I agree there so i mean look i think he, he's a top 75 player for me but i agree with you in the sense that could he be a luxury pick and rises up boards because he just gives you a, a element to the game that you don't necessarily have absolutely i mean we just saw that with mozzie smith i think it's a great comparison can you imagine if the cowboys would have just taken keanu benton <laughs> instead of mozzie smith like that's another conversation for another day but uh, i i think mckinley jackson is a very safe player as well joe like he's just yes yes he'll be good like, like he'll be a good player is he going to be all pro, pro bowler, maybe not, but like he's just going to be a good football player on the next level, and you need those types of guys. I think that's a really good way to you know, summarize him, that high floor, very high floor player that's going to provide a nice impact for your defense. Folks, that's going to be a good note to wrap us up on at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.